You're listening to the Hotel Talk Podcast. And now, introducing your host, Jennifer Susky. So thank you, everyone. Welcome back to Hotel Talk. Um, this week, we have Christy White with us from Nolan. Um, so thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. If you didn't receive the email um, that I sent earlier about what our topic is, we are going to be talking about the top five things that meeting planners are looking for from hotels that are reopening. If you did not receive that email, please go to hoteltalkpodcast.com and uh, subscribe because then you'll know who's coming up and you'll get little tidbits like that article. One of the biggest topics that's come up um, on Hotel Talk is about meeting space and what are the meeting planners looking for and what can we do be doing on the hotel level to um, connect with these meeting planners and what are they looking for, right? So that's what we have Christy here for. So Yay. again, hi. Hi. <laughs> and, and we hope to make the rest of the conversation as amusing as our pumpkin spice or I mean, I corn conversation, but you know, I mean, that's we may we have started off too high. <laughs> I know we got all the good stuff out beforehand and now it's just downhill from here. No, all go. the good content's coming. It's so, all coming. We promise. Christy, we want to know a little bit more about you. So I did send you a couple of prep questions, but where's your favorite place to travel? Um, oh, London. Barnum. London. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I would expat there in a heartbeat. I lived there in my twenties and I would go back anytime. Why and did you I do go? Um, I just wanted to get away from my family. And the funny story is, is, <laughs> that um, at Christmas Eve, for few, several years prior to that, I stopped coming home at Christmas because we would, tr my boyfriend and I would travel and it was cheaper to travel on Christmas day than to go the day after. So I was home for Christmas and my parents were like, um, did you guys, you know, what's going on? Why are you home for Christmas? And I was like, well, you know, just needed to come home and ask for a ride on, on the second. And they're like, a ride where? I'm like, I need a lift to the airport. And they're like, well, couldn't you take, you know, couldn't you have a friend or something take you? I'm like, I don't know. I just thought you guys might like to see me before I moved to London. And it, the, the whole dinner table went completely silent. And they're like, excuse me, how what? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been busy selling all my stuff, which is the other, other reason I'm not traveling. And I leave on the 2nd for London. Um, I've got a job with the, with the Ritz, and I'm, um, I'm moving to London. And had not told any of them, hadn't even told them that I was interviewing or doing any of that information. And uh, off I, I trod to, to London and spent another 18 months there. And uh, it is, it's the city I think I might have been separated in or lived in in another birth, in another life. Yeah, there we go. That's the one I meant. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous. London is on my bucket list for yeah. And I try to go back every year. But now, you know, the world has put us into time out. So I can't go anywhere. So I promised I wouldn't talk about Doctor Who, but I'm, I'm breaking that promise right now. So you should know that you should not go to London on Christmas of all times. You should just I know. There you go. For anyone who doesn't know, that is the time when everything goes wrong, the world explodes, whatever. It happens on Christmas. In London. In London, in Doctor yeah. Who world. So yes. I will leave it at that, but I, you said you went on Christmas, and that is just ridiculous. So, <laughs> so um, anyway, so I want to get into this article a little bit. Um, the top five things the meeting planners are looking for from reopening hotels. Do you want to say anything about it before we get? Into you know, it was uh, it was sort of reimagined because I've we have a lot of conversations with meeting planners at Nolan, or at least I do. We also have a lot of conversations with hoteliers, and it came out of that of what meeting planners kind of need to be able to 
to, to come back to, you know, to booking meetings. But then I wanted to spin it just a little bit because I wanted the salespeople to be prepared, not just to answer those questions, the whole duty of care piece and component of it. I mean, that we know that has to be done. And if you're a brand, your brand's doing that for you. But I think there are things that hotels need to be doing as well. Um, but then all the things that the hotels needed to be ready for so that they could make those sales when they come, because I think they're going to come short term. I don't think we're going to be planning six, eight months out as much. I think it's going to be inside that 90 day window that we could make that sale as seamless as possible. So the things about what your new menus are going to look like, because guess what? Buffets, bye-bye. They're a thing of the past. Um, you're not going to have a plate of cookies or a plate of muffins. That's all going to have to be prepackaged. And those prices are going to have to be built into what that functionally looks like. So, you know, you're not stumbling across that. My big one, because I have a revenue management background, it's my passion in life, is, you know, understanding what those, you know, are we going to waive meeting room rental? Are we not going to waive meeting room rental? What does that threshold look like now? I mean, I legitimately, it is my fondest, fondest wish is that we come out of this on the other side, not leading with waiving meeting room rental anymore, that we're going in at that, you know, you, you've got this hundred room block and you need X number square feet of meeting space. The room, normal room rental on that is 15,000, but for the number of guest rooms that you got, we're going to drop that down to 10 grand. And then we negotiate from there. Um, but where we're going to get into this is that 100 rooms might have gotten you 1,500 square feet of meeting space in the past, but now that same group is probably going to want 3,000 or 4,000 square feet of meeting space. And suddenly that 100 room is beginning to eat into my margins even more as an owner. So having those conversations, working with the revenue management team to look like what those thresholds look like so that we don't have to stumble on that and go, oh, I got to go talk to my revenue manager about that. I got to go talk to my boss about that. We just know and can do them, just reel them off, just like we could reel off before. And that's going to take time and it's going to take a lot of practice. Thank you. That was a complete synopsis of the entire article, and I appreciate that. Sorry. I have so many things I want to ask you. Like, there's so much. Okay, so you mentioned brands. Yes, brands yes. are typically, they, they tell the hotels what they're doing. That's all great and well and great, but what about the independent hotels? So how can, what should they be doing? Where can they be looking for these resources for duty of care standards? Um, so I hate to say it, and if there are any brands listening, I'm going to ask you to mute for just a second so you don't hear me say this. Um, go steal from the brands. And then Fair. because you're an independent, maybe improve upon them. Um, because here's the thing, and, uh, you know, I'm an, I am an intrepid traveler. I will go anywhere. I'd be on a plane. I actually was on a plane this weekend, but I'd be on a plane anywhere tomorrow if the opportunity should arise. The people that are typically staying in our hotels, our BT travelers, even some of our bigger groups, these guys are fearless. They travel. They'd be out traveling if their companies would allow them to. So some of the things around the room being clean and stuff like that, we always make that assumption. If you're in a certain class of hotel, I assumed you changed my sheets. I assumed you cleaned, everything got wiped down. I'm anal. I travel with Lysol wipes. I do it anyway, but that's just because I have a little touch of OCD, not going to lie. But, you know, where I think we're going to need to, to do things, you know, we've always never let them see the sausage made. So we never let them see the meeting rooms being cleaned, the public spaces being cleaned. We're going to have to, to uh, open up those curtains and let our, let our housekeepers be seen out wiping down surfaces and being seen frequently doing that because it's all about securing that comfort level. And when guests look around and they see a, a housekeeper wiping down the elevator or wiping down stair rails, 
that's when they start to relax into it and they become comfortable with your facility. And I think that's something that we're going to have to continue. They're going to have to see those. With your meeting planners, putting in components into your contracts or into even into your BEOs of, you know, there's a 20-minute housekeeping break between meal service so that housekeeping can go in and wipe down the high-touch areas. Um, all of those things, I think that brings a level to it. But where I'm going to hammer on this a little bit, you know, I hope you've got good duty of care standards. Train, train, and then train again. Because someone's going to go to your website and they're going to read your duty of care standards. And then they're going to go to your hotel and they're going to start looking to see you living and breathing those duty of care standards. They're going to have conversations with your staff about, explain to me what your duty of care is. And it's only going to take exactly once for someone to not be able to fluently answer that question. And that's when TripAdvisor is going to blow up on you. Um, and, you know, it's that, that is the, that's the frightening thing. If there's any doubt of that, watch how American Airlines, when American Airlines first came out and said they were blocking middle seats, they didn't say they were blocking all middle seats. They didn't say they were blocking most middle seats. They said they were just blocking middle seats. It was inferred by everyone that they were blocking all. So when people would step on these planes and suddenly it was a full flight, that's when the, the furor on social media took hold. When you went back and read what they posted, it was like, yeah, now that one's on me. Um, so it's making sure that you've, if you've got them in writing and Valerie's just saying that she's got clients requesting the cleaning safety standards, that should all be in writing. It should be posted prominently on your website. You should be starting those conversations with the meeting planners you have strong relationships with, not in selling, but saying, hey, you know what? I just, Susie, I want to let you know what we're doing to protect your guests when they come back. Um, putting all of that in front of them. So that's the last thing on their mind. Now they're just worried about when they're going to book their next meeting with you. Exactly. And so I'm going to jump around here a little bit. That's but okay. when it comes to communicating, we're hoping that we all are um, – our catering managers and our hotel staff already have these relationships with clients. But I mean, you had given a great example about, um, you know, pandemic or catastrophe being the best time to build relationships, kind of. It really so, is. Yeah. So, I mean, I want you to talk a little bit about that. And then do you recommend anything like direct mail or um, just different ways to get this information out to them to keep it from um, a little bit of everything. Um, I was actually just on the HDC. They're doing their, um, their, their remote thing today, their vi virtual meeting, as opposed to their normal data conference meeting that would have been this week. And, you know, they were Omni. Andrew Rubinacci was talking about the Barton Creek Resort down in Austin actually has billboards up in Dallas. And that's where they're getting a lot of their foot traffic. Dallas has now become their number one feeder market. Um, so they're, you know, anecdotally attaching that to it. But I do think this is that time to start developing those relationships. And this isn't about selling. It's, this is about, and I'm from the Deep South, so it's about how's your mama and them. You know, you, these conversations are how are you doing? How is your company doing? How are you guys responding and, re and rebounding from this? Because that's how you develop those relationships that we may have let lapse over the last few years because business was dropping into our lap. And in those conversations, have that PDF that you can quickly email. If you've got top 10 customers and you want to put together a cute little care package that you want to mail to them, do that. We, um, I did some webinars right at the beginning of the, the quarantine, and we had one customer who said he had gone to the hotel that was standing empty and raided the housekeeping closet for a case of toilet paper. 
and he was sending a roll of toilet paper to his top 50 customers saying, we've got you covered. And it was that very tongue in cheek thing. But you know, if you've got a strong relationship with customers, you can absolutely have that tongue in cheek moment. Toilet paper is not a, you know, a commodity anymore, but in the height of quarantine, I used to take photos when I saw it in the grocery store and post them on Facebook of like toilet paper in its natural state in the wild. Um, and he took advantage of that and had a lot of fun with it. And he said he, he actually had some bookings at a meeting planner who got um, a great piece from a hotel she's never done business with. So this wasn't even a relationship that if they booked a meeting in Q1 or Q2 of 2021, um, and it was over a certain value, so it was over 15000 they would send their housekeepers to their house to clean their house. Wow. Or to their office or wherever they wanted. And it was just those kind of fun things that were, were different. So I think we're going to have to be creative on that, but it all boils down to is everybody has to be preaching from the same, same hymn book. Otherwise, otherwise you're going to have that one employee who doesn't know how frequently our housekeepers pass through the public spaces. And that's when the 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 furor in, on social media is going to bite you. Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. I think optics, and I think that we need to be asking the staff members, like quizzing them about yeah. these things, making sure that they know them. You know what I mean? Like it's it's important, and people yep. are going to be asking. So speaking of food and beverage, mm-hmm. uh, the next section was about um, the banquet menus. So. We talked a little bit about not waving room rents all bane of mine because I hate that. Anyway, <laughs> but what about with things like food and beverage minimums? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do we still hold firm? Um, I think we're going to have to hold firm on that. The meeting planners we've been talking to, what they're, how they're going back and preparing their customers is that your costs are probably not going to go down dramatically because food and beverage is going to be more expensive. You're going to probably have to pay meeting room rental. Um, if you're going to do these, these hybrid things um, where you've got part of the people are virtual and part of people are physically, you're going to pay higher um, you know, uh, internet costs because that's a different bandwidth to suddenly have 75 people live streaming the event that you've got going on. And that's something that a lot of hotels probably, and I'm going to zig here for just a second, is you probably need to be talking with your IT infrastructure to make sure you've got the bandwidth to do that. Because it's the uh, there's another one that you know that social media furor is going to come on if everybody's live streaming and and suddenly no one can connect because your internet wasn't strong enough to handle those capacities, so making sure you you've got that and making sure you've got someone on property that actually knows how to make all the wheels on the bus go round and round on that. So yeah. I I I think we may may have to be a little bit more stringent on it because that food and beverage minimum that you had for that thousand square foot space is going to be different when that same group actually wants 2,000 square feet because they want six feet of social distancing. So that kind of goes against some of the things that we have heard in the past, and that's all about flexibility, flexibility. Everyone has to be so flexible. You know, nobody knows what's happening anymore. So where's the line there? I mean, do you have any, like, what is the line there? (laughs) You want to hold (laughs) firm and get, you know, your room rental and all of these things and get your room block and have the nutrition in there. But, you know, like, how can you – I would love to say that all the hotels in my comp set are going to do the same thing, and that's not going to be. Yeah, it's, it's so, so it's kind of interesting. Um, Carter on the HDC call this morning was talking about, and this was more relative to rates, about how after 2008, 
um, they watched some of the key markets and everyone would hold rates steady for a little while. And then one guy would go rogue and lower his rates. And then about a month later, another guy would follow the rogue down the, the rabbit hole. Um, it's, it's, it is only going to take that one hotel. Um, so we are going to have to be a lot more stringent about it. The nice thing is, is if you start preparing those meeting planners now, you're going to find that, you know, they're going to stick with the hotels that do it right. And they're, I don't think they're going to chase rate as much because now the bigger concern is there's the safety and how well-being of their employees that are coming to your hotel. So nail that duty of care, nail being able to show that, and you're probably going to give yourself a little bit of, of flexion from your price. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, what was the other question I wanted to ask you about that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so well, no, food and beverage menus. How about that? So um, buffets are going away. Buffets are going away. Um, you know, we've things have eased off a little bit on the food and beverage side. I still don't. I, buffets are not going to be a thing for a, a quite some time. Everything's going to need to be prepackaged. Um, you're still, even if you've eaten in restaurants, and I don't know how many of you have. I live in Texas. We're pretty. You know, Bluebell tried to kill us, and we stood in line to get it when it came back. Um, we're, we're fairly intrepid where that's concerned, but. But even in our restaurants, they're no longer presetting tables, so they bring out the the, the utensils when you sit down, um, and everything is all wrapped and, and and all of that. So you're going to have all of that, you know, even when you're doing plated meals. Everything you're not going to be able to do the full set. That's all going to have to be set out when people sit down, which means you're going to need more people. So your food and beverage director is really going to need to think through that because that plated menu that used to be thirty five ninety five. Um, may now need to be forty ninety five because you've got to have two extra people per um, two extra servers per twenty five people in the room. So really understanding what that looks like, and that's going to vary by municipality because everybody everybody's got a slightly different take on it. Um, what will be interesting it, for me is like in in, in states like California, um, all along the West Coast, where they've basically done away with single-use single utensils, are you going to have to be able to find a good provider that can give you, get you enough, uh, you know, bamboo or whatever type of utensil that you can use if you have to go to a single-use utensil? Fortunately, I don't think that's been as big of a, an issue for for a dine-in type thing, as I was afraid it was going to be right at the pandemic. But those are all things that are going to have to be worked into the price and how that's functionally going to affect your price. Yeah. Yeah. And where I think, you, where I think you're going to see it happen is they're suddenly probably going to cut out some of the breaks and you may get a breakfast and a lunch out of the thing, but you don't get the subsequent, you know, morning break and afternoon break beyond coffee. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. We have about 10 minutes left and I feel like that, you know, this could go on for the full hour, a full hour, but I want to respect everyone's time. You have a couple great things that you're offering right now. Uh, one was we the do. webinar series. Is it Bring It On? Did I? It's called Bring It On. Um, the series starts next Wednesday. We have Clifford Ferreira with Chesapeake Hospitality that'll be joining us. This is a three-part series. Um, so the first week we're having a hotelier who's going to help us understand how they're reimagining imagining their sales teams and how they're um, 
bringing people back from a furlough perspective. Um, then the second week, we're actually going to have Deanne Vigil with Helms Briscoe join us. She um, is a co corporate, that's all she handles is corporate meetings, and then she manages a team of 45 people that that's all they do is corporate and what they're seeing. So they're gonna give us that insight of what kind of meetings are they planning? What's the size? How are they functionally changing? Are they going from one big meeting into seven smaller meetings, that kind of thing? And then what they're telling their customers to be prepared for. And then the third week is Doug Kennedy from Kennedy Training Network. And he's actually going to be taking bits and parts of those first two and helping us understand how we need to train our sales staff as we start to bring them back from furlough to help out with those two components that are coming in. So and, starts, it's, and it's completely free. That Join is us. amazing. So yeah. I always want to offer as many resources as possible to the people who attend this. So um, I will be including that in an email out to everyone after this, and it will be available on Hotel Talk Podcast. Awesome. Um, so please register and go to all of those. Um, okay. In addition to that, uh, Nolan was actually offering something, right? Yes. So we are, we're in the midst, we're just a soft launch right now. Um, we have going into 30 markets. We'll probably launch early next week, a 90 day complimentary trial if you're an Amadeus customer. So you get a 90 day trial of the platform at absolutely no charge other than signing up and picking a competitive set. It's not open in every market just yet, but the first 20, I think it's 28 markets will launch next week. And then um, about 60 to 90 days later, we'll actually open up another 25 markets and then we'll open up another 25 markets. And if it goes well, we may open up even more, but that we're going into those bigger markets where we have a larger footprint as well. But it's specifically designed for smaller hotels. So hotels under 10,000 of square feet a square feet of meeting space that may not have had the resources in the past to get the product. Um, so check it out. Hopefully it'll be coming to your inbox very, very soon. If you're in one of those markets and you're an Amadeus customer and you've hit those and you haven't gotten the email, my email is kwhite at nolan.com. Send me an email and I'll make sure you get it. That's awesome. Incredible. And that's, what? that's my little dog and pony show. <laughs> I like it. I like that it. And I write, you know, 27 articles. It feels like a week, but you know, Oh my gosh. I know there are so many. I'm like, we need to talk about this one and we need to talk about <laughs> this one and we need to talk about this one. There's one thing coming up though. And forgive, forgive me. I completely forgot what it is. Uh, okay. It is in relation to selling and prospecting though. Yes. And, yeah. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> Um, yeah, we actually do. So, you know, we're, we're encouraging hotels to get back into the habit of prospecting and hunting for the business, not just waiting for it to walk in the door because estimations are, you know, in, inbound RFP volumes are at approximately 30%, if not lower than where they were pre-COVID. And they were already starting to die down just a little bit, but now it, you know, that faucet has just turned off. So it's stepping into that local market and developing those relationships. Um, I've worked in, the ho worked in hotels. I've been on the vendor side for a while now, but I worked in hotels for a very long time. And my best story of how having that local relationship benefited is after 9-11, I was in an area where people were driving through because they'd given up on flying and just were driving from wherever they were stuck when the airports closed to get home. Um, we had a full house. We had to cancel every reservation. So we're calling everyone that had a reservation. Are you coming? You know, should we cancel your reservation? And I get this VP from Georgia Pacific on the phone and he's like, oh no, totally stuck in Atlanta. Can't move. Um, thanks for calling me, blah, blah, blah. Just had a quick little conversation. Stay safe, all that fun. 
a month later, we get a phone call from the secretary of the GM of the local plant. She books a hundred room meeting with us with meals and all of that. It's a three-day meeting booked inside of 90 days. And I asked her, I'm like, hey, you don't have to put this out to RFP or anything. And she's like, no, that VP had called her directly and told her to book specifically at our hotel based upon that relationship because of that five-minute phone conversation that I had with him. So, you know, this is not going to be Jane at the corporate office booking these smaller regional meetings, and that's how recovery is going to come. It's going to be Susie at the local office. So if you haven't gone and talked to Susie in a while, take her some toilet paper, maybe take her a bottle of wine and some chocolate because Susie needs to be your very best new, your, your best new friend. And that's going to continue for a while. If you watch your weekly Smith Travel Report, you should already be seeing this exhibited. Um, this, the top 25 markets are sitting about 42% occupancy as of last week. The top, the outside of that is sitting at 51%. And that gap widens every single week. Recovery is going to come in those secondary and tertiary markets. And it's going to come from Susie's at the local office. So Susie needs to be your new best friend. And Nolan can actually help you find those local offices and things that are headquartered to you. Have, there's a really cool headquarter search that you can do and find those offices. So if you don't know about them already, now you can find out. And a lot of times we have those contacts for you as well. And if nothing else, you can see who's actually booking meetings right now, who's traveling Absolutely. right now. Um, and if you already know that, Susie, fantastic. And if you don't, I mean, you better get in there. You uh, you're going to have to. And this is back to, you know, the old time sales blitz where you got in your car and you just kind of drove around and you went and knocked on doors. Mm -hmm. That's going to come back into favor sooner rather than later if you want to recover quickest. And the people that are answering the phone, the people who are out there knocking on doors are the ones that are going to recover the quickest. So I got a question that came in from Ferdinand. Uh, when is Nolan going to start reporting again? Um, we're already starting reporting again. Um, we've actually seen a 309% increase in meetings since the beginning of June. Through last week, over the last 60 days, 61% of those meetings have been in the corporate segment. Um, surprisingly, weddings makes up about 15% of the meetings that we're, we're seeing. But we've got these smaller markets. Myrtle Beach is a prime example that has, um, they've built this little cottage industry of people that can drive to the Myrtle Beach area and they've created packages for a five, a 10, a 15, a 20 person um, wedding. And you get like two hours in the gazebo. It includes the cake, the minister and all of that fun stuff. So it's really interesting to kind of see how this is, this is returning. And there are the, I'd like to say they're smaller meetings, but we are seeing some 50, 60 person meetings um, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie, some of it's in Georgia and Arizona, and well, that's a whole different level of crazy that the rest of us may not be willing to go with, but we are seeing them, and it's big companies, it's emphasis. Um, at the beginning, it was a lot of Amazon, like job fairs and things like that, but now we're, you know, it's emphasis. Um, Google is having a bunch of meetings. These are big corporate companies stepping back into the space, and we're still seeing some government business as well. I was just going to ask you what were all the market segments that all these meetings were coming from <laughs> so we can prospect for them. But yeah, thank you for that. There so you go. another question, and I'm not sure if you can answer this, but when do you think the 10-person meeting restriction for Los Angeles will be lifted? Oh, you know, um, <laughs> I don't know. My magic <laughs> wand, my, my, my Ouija board, my magic eight ball, and, um, and my... Um, um, all of that, it's, it's all in my crystal ball. They're all broken where that's concerned. Um, 
California is just an, in and of itself a very special area, and they were hit so hard. So I think they're going to be a lot more conservative coming back into that. Um, but I would think probably if the, if things start to slide back down, I'd probably say September, maybe early October is when that's going to come in. Wow. I yeah. mean, in, on that topic, I do not envy anyone for budget season this year. I, I it's... It's the absolute worst I've ever seen it. I've been in the hospitality industry for 30 plus years, and um, I've never seen us get to quite these lows. But I mean, we are actually starting to see meetings up in that central coast area of California. Um, not as much, obviously, in Los Angeles and places like that, but we're, um, we're starting to see it. And California, if it gives you hope, we are starting to see meetings in Seattle. And they were hey, hit Seattle. a little bit, yeah, they were hit a little bit harder than you guys were from a, from a COVID perspective. So they are, they're starting to slowly, you know, ease back those restrictions just a little bit. Yes, that is true. I'm up in Seattle. There's a couple people on here right now that are also in Seattle. So there's hope guys. That's the one thing that I want to preach. If nothing else is that it's not all doom and gloom. We're yeah. going to get through this. It's fine. Keep prospecting. I'm a big fan of prospecting. I'm a um, huge fan of prospecting. I, I can't. I think when you stop doing that, and I think it takes a very special skill to be able to go out and find pieces of business. Um, and then even more importantly, a different skill to turn that around and keep that piece of business so that every time they just pick up the phone and call you, they don't call three other hotels. Um, when we talk to meeting planners, that's the one thing that we hear is that they can't get answers. They don't get the right responses. And so as a result, that's why they, they fall back on the RFP because it's just faster for them to get the answers that they need. Um, so, so yeah, that's, I'm a huge fan. Go hunt. <laughs> Go hunt. Exactly. Is that, I mean, if you have any parting words, cause their time is up here, is it that? Go that hunt. is it is go hunt. Um, it's how you're going to win. Oh my, I have, I have two go hunt. And for the love of freaking God and everything that's holy and the doctor who and all of that, please protect your rates. Um, change the way you're forecasting. Forecast for the next 90 days, but keep past that pretty static and those rates up because it's a symbiotic relationship between transient and group. If you've got low transient rates, you're going to have low group rates. Once you get more group, you can start pushing the transient, but the way that's going to book, if those transient rates stay low, um, your group rates are going to be even lower. And guess what? It's not stimulating to me even more so than it ever has. It's not stimulating demand. So we might as well try to be a little bit proud here. I like love everything you just said. Thank you. My, my, pleasure. Form, my inner revenue manager thanks you. Yeah, Thank well, you. mine, you know, acknowledges yours and thanks you. <laughs> thanks for having me. It's been fun. Of course. Thank you so much for being on. Um, this recording will be on hoteltalkpodcast.com um, and hope to see you all next week. Thank okay. you. Thanks, guys. Have a great afternoon. Bye. Thanks for listening, and be sure to visit HotelTalkPodcast.com for more info and upcoming guests.